in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Got a little pre-election fatigue going on right now? Well, we're not here to add to it, but on today's show, we'll take a deep dive and look at the outcome of November 3rd and how it might affect your retirement investments and your money. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome into the Get Ready for the Future show. John Shrewsbury in for Scott Inman, Janet Walker, and uh, Troy Johnson in our studio. And uh, guys, it's uh, I guess we're continuing the the social distancing pandemic, not in the same room, but uh, glad to be together again. Yeah, it's good to be here, and uh, we're looking forward to when we can all be in the same room uh, all at the same time. Yeah, so <laughs> so Genwell's headquarters is in Saline County in, in Bryant, and right down the road from our office, and, and particularly on the way that I come to work every day, is the Early Voting Center. And yesterday and today, uh, obviously, we're broadcasting on Wednesday on Facebook Live. If you're listening on Saturday, I'm sure this has happened throughout the week. But the lines have been incredibly long at the early voting center. And it's going to be an interesting uh, next couple of weeks, I would imagine. I, I would agree with that. I think there is some psychological advantage to getting your part in this behind you because this has been such a, a heated pre-election season. It's it's really more so than anything we've seen in our lifetimes and i think people are like you know what i know they're going to keep on playing their ads but i'm done (laughs) you know i've I've heard some good news from some people in saline county by the way the lines are long but people are also spaced out you know six feet or so so go quickly so they they have been going pretty quickly yeah i haven't heard such great news from some little rock areas but if you're in saline (laughs) county you might be okay well and and that's good news for me because i will early vote because obviously uh, you know your your vote has more emphasis if you do it on on an early uh, vote as opposed to the day of <laughs> so to speak are we fact checking that one yeah we're not okay <laughs> okay so here we are going to fact check some things today and we're going to talk to you really about how your money could be affected based on the outcome of the election i guys i don't think that there's ever been a more clear indicator of of you know where you're at in life or or what your thoughts are based on who you're voting for in this election there is really no gray area here between uh joe biden and and donald trump in any respect yeah, and John, we're, we are not, although if you're long-term listeners of the Get Ready for the Future show, you probably already know how we're voting. But today, our purpose is to just focus on the facts. This is a just the facts of Joe Biden has said that he will run things this way. Donald Trump has said that he will run things this way as it has any you know relevance to your, your financial life. So those are the points that we want to cover for you today. Yeah, and in some respect, you probably have heard some of the things that we're going to go over but uh, for clarity's sake we want to give you the opportunity to understand that but there are some things that you probably have not heard about and specifically as they apply to retirement and investments and so there is a very different philosophy in each camp as to how these things can can possibly go and so we're going to try to take a deep dive on that and and so you may find some things especially about retirement that would surprise you on on how the candidates stand on on certain issues so Janet, on today's show, as you said, we're just going to do the facts. We're going to deep dive into each of these areas. And let's begin talking about income taxes, because I think that that clearly, you know, the tax issue is always an issue in any election between Republicans and Democrats. And so let's talk a little bit about the tax issue as it relates to the presidential campaign. So we really don't expect any major changes from President Trump in this arena as far as federal income tax is concerned, Troy, but he has hinted at a middle-class tax cut to follow up the work that was done in, in 2017, but there's nothing finalized on that for us yet. Yeah, I think income taxes has to be on the forefront of everyone's mind that's going into retirement. Most people in Arkansas have a, a pile of pre-tax money right. that they're going to draw on in retirement. And whatever your income tax rate is, you're going to pay that tax rate on whatever you would draw in any given year. 
So go ahead, John. I was just going to say, there's not much way around that either. You know, you could do some Roth conversions to create future tax-free income, but you have to pay the taxes on that pre-tax money now because you didn't pay it when you put it into the 401k or IRA or whatever it is. And so there's not much of a way that you can mitigate the impact of income taxes. So if you think about the tax cut that that uh, President Trump enacted in 2017, uh, then you obviously benefited from that. If you are someone who is drawing money from your IRA, you're drawing it at a lesser tax rate. But if you take a look at what Joe Biden's plan is, then he is definitely going to increase taxes, has made a point to say so in certain income stratas. And John, I, I want to be clear, because when we talk about this income level, a lot of people will be like, well, I don't even know anybody besides, you know, doctors who, who make that much. I, I want to say that you do know people, you know, business owners who on paper make this much because of the way their taxes are done. It doesn't right. mean that they are taking home that much. But if they're taxed on that level of income because of what the business is making that trickles down to them individually on paper, then frankly, they can't hire as many people next year. So before we go through this, realize that even if you're not in this income level, it may uh, have an impact on you, whether it's the ability to be hired at a new job or the ability to get a raise at your current job. So Joe Biden has made it clear that he intends to raise taxes on individuals making over $400,000 a year, increasing the top tax bracket back to 39.6 from the current 37% and raising the FICA tax, which is Social Security, to 12.4%, Troy. The other thing to consider is even if you think, well, you know, I'll never have that much income in any given year, um, I'm trying to take all this and, and, you know, we focus on retirement. So think about things that could potentially happen, although it would be very rare in retirement if you had some type of major emergency and you had to withdraw, you know, somewhere in that range from your accounts. You know, even if that doesn't feel like you know, you made that much income that year, that's what it's going to look like to the IRS. That's right. Another point for Biden here, uh, as far as what he's looking at on taxes, he would get rid of the qualified business income tax deductions for business owners who run sub uh, sub S corporations, limited liability companies, partnerships, and sole proprietorships. So again, if you work for one of those types of places, this impacts you. So let's let's talk about that. There is a tax savings where you get to exempt 20% of your business income uh, that was instituted by President Trump. What effect does that have? That has the effect of the business having more capital to be able to hire more people, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, expand their business or whatever the case may be. If that goes away, then that source of capital could go away. And that is very clear as to what Biden has said that, that he wants to do. So that's the income tax uh, situation. I want to pause on the presidential election for just a second and have you guys talk about a, a conversation that happened in the Gen Wealth lunchroom yeah, yesterday. We had a, a very informative lunch yesterday. We just all started talking about the issues that are on the ballot and um, to be to be clear about you know the age gap, there was a three decade age gap in the in the lunchroom in there. And so when you think about those of us who are on the on the northern end of that, um, there are there were some people who were, who are talking about voting in their very first election and so they're like what is what's on the ballot what is this what is that and i remember those days i remember going in you know pre-internet yes i voted before the internet i remember going in and going I don't remember, I didn't know that this local issue, whatever it might be, I didn't know that was going to be on there. So you're standing there going, how do I vote? And I want to do it the right way, but I don't have enough information. And what's on the ballot is never going to be enough because sometimes a yes vote is really against it. Sometimes a no vote is really for it, just the way it's titled and worded and everything. And so we did some research on this and I want to give you guys this resource that you can use as well. You can go to Ballotpedia, like Wikipedia, Ballotpedia.org. And you can type in things like Arkansas Issue 1 and and look that up and determine how you want to vote on that. You can also, and this is key, you can get a sample ballot. So you can put in your name, first name and last name and date of birth and pull up your sample ballot. Um, That's a different website for depending on what county you live in. For Saline County, it's MySaline. Is that .org, I think? Yes. Uh, It's MySaline.org. But Check it out. Get your information. Be informed. All right. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. There are only three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a Genwealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member Fender SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker with the fastest four minutes in investing. And today we are taking a big picture look at the economy. And what we want to do is to focus on five indicators or five things that could give us a picture of where we might be headed as we wind down 2020 and look forward into 2021. Janet, it has been a wild, wild year. Yeah. And, and I don't think that it's going to be any less wild as we uh, head into the election. So uh, I think we've got our seatbelts buckled really hard, but we're watching the stock market and actually what's going on sort of under the hood of the S&P 500 to give us some indication about what may be happening in the future. So what we've seen, uh, and there was a couple of weeks in September where we saw the S&P 500 go from being oversold to being overbought. And so that's that's indicative of where we're kind of going. So this, sur- this type of surge in stock buying is is a technical indicator, John, that's consistent with future strong returns in the market. So yeah. that's what we're looking at. So we had buyers uh, come into the market when it was undersold, and mm-hmm. then uh, all that buying activity actually sparked a, a rally in the market, and it became overbought in about a two-week period of time. That is, a, as Janet mentioned, that is an indication of uh, health in the uh, market as far as the economy is concerned. Janet, some parts of the economy are opening back up while employment continues to disappoint we're still way above where we were in unemployment. But one specific area that we're looking at that is improving is the number of people that are passing through the Transportation Safety Administration, the TSA, when they're on their way to their airplanes and flying is actually picking up steam. Yeah, this number is still only about 50% of the pre-pandemic number, but it has increased pretty significantly from where it was at the low point. So we're encouraged by, by that number increasing, and we'll see you know how long that takes to where it goes from here ryan dietrich has been talking about uh the market being a predictor of how the election is going to go and it's interesting to look at the market where we are right now in the last 90 days before the presidential election the market is actually up and if you follow along with the the historical norms of what the stock market is doing it, it if the market is up that usually means the incumbent is going to go back into office and that is kind of what we're seeing at this point point. They look at that from early August. You said, you know, last 90 days. So from early August to now, it is positive. And so that is a Trump indicator, but we'll see where we get. So, John, sticking with the election, a lot of investors are worried about higher taxes and more regulation if Joe Biden is elected. We would point out that Biden has plans for big spending initiatives and and the market likes spending and the effect of more spending could offset any negative effect of higher taxes and more regulation when it comes to stock performance. It's a possibility. Well, and we've seen this with the whole deal of the COVID stimulus packages and what have you. When it looks like one's going to go through, the market rallies. When it looks like it's not going to go through, the market sells off. And so the market likes that money coming into the economy like that. But uh, as we are fond of saying here at the Get Ready for the Future show, you got to pay the piper at some point in time with uh, all of the uh, deficit spending that we're going on or potentially the spending that we would have from higher taxes as well. John, I'm a little bit ahead of you on this next one. I'm trying to help out the country. I've already gotten a start on my Christmas shopping. You're a December 24th person. But anyway, retail sales last Friday, sales came in a little bit better than expected, marking five consecutive months of improvement. So yeah, and we've never had a recession to continue uh, behind four consecutive months of positive retail sales. So it looks like that we could call this recession over when it uh, looks like that it was uh, prompted by COVID. It looks like that is now in the past. That is the fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit getreadyforthefuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. 
You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. We had to go to break really quickly there, and I wanted to further develop this uh, sample ballot that you can download because I love the idea of being able to study it and see it before you get in there. Because yeah. you know, when you get in there, it's this pressure cooker because you got to answer the questions and everything. You, you've got to do your votes, and there's somebody standing outside that you know is patting their foot and going, "Come on, guy, you know, let's get this thing underway." So, how can you actually go and download that sample ballot, Jen? So, so again, this is going to be different depending on where you live for Saline County if you go to mycelene.org and you spend a little bit of time on that on that page if you will search for a sample ballot then you'll be able to find it on that page and again you just put in your first name last name and date of birth and then it knows okay you live in this area of Saline County therefore your specific ballot is this one and so th- that's what we did to get ours but I would just encourage you wherever you live just google you know sample ballot and and go through that process to find yours and then print it out and then what we did at lunch troy and this was this was just very uh spontaneous we were not planning to do this we were just all sitting there having lunch and people started talking about it and asking questions and i went well let's check that out because frankly on the local issues i just hadn't done it yet i had plans to do it before the election but i had not done it yet and so we started going through all right what is issue one about and what does a yes vote mean and what does a no vote mean yeah and keep in mind the ballot is going to have you know the the title of that issue but it doesn't really tell you all the details of the issue so you need to be familiar with that before you go to vote that's where that uh, ballotpedia.com really was helpful for us because it it tells you yes vote means this is what you're actually saying and no vote means this is what you're uh, voting against so So after you get your sample ballot go to ballotpedia.org actually and on that you can search whatever the issues are that are on your ballot like arkansas issue one arkansas issue two etc and get all of that information and what this prompted us to do and this is as an educator at heart this is my main point I believe that if this is not your first presidential election, you have a responsibility to mentor people. I've been asking young people who work here that I know it's their first election. I'm like, hey, um, you just moved to a new area. You did register to vote, right? Like, you're, did you do, you know, I did that earlier in the year, that type of thing. We've had those conversations. Do you know where you're going to go vote? And I'm not telling them how, but we're having those discussions because what if mom and dad didn't do that? You know, what if they didn't think about doing that? And so we're having those discussions, and then it led to this discussion at lunch with some young people in the room going, I don't know how I'm supposed to vote on whatever. And we didn't tell them. In fact, when we got through this discussion, Troy, there was there was one issue, and we're not going to say which one, but there was one issue where our team was kind of divided, and some right. of them still hadn't made up their minds. And then the rest of them, I think we were all pretty much in agreement on. But we, it wasn't like, vote this way. It was be educated so i would say if this is not your first dance you have a responsibility to take somebody on your under your wing and go hey let's go figure this out get the information that you need yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you a really cool example of that i, I heard that um, after one of the razorback football practices they brought out some tables and they they got anybody that that's on the team the football team that wasn't already registered to vote yeah and got them signed up so yeah that's awesome that Gen Wealth uh, Civics class. There you go. <laughs> so let's jump back to uh, the issue of the presidential race and drawing the contrast between uh, what Joe Biden stands for and what Donald Trump stands for in terms of uh, particularly taxes on 401ks and other pre-tax savings plans. There's some big changes going on here. Uh, Trump has no uh, proposed change on the way that pre-tax savings into 401k plans are done. He, it would be status quo if he is real elected. And then Joe Biden has proposed to eliminate the current system and replace it with a tax credit, Janet. And this is really a very interesting change in how your retirement plan could be administered going forward. So let me talk a little bit about the current situation, because I don't want to pretend that people understand what no changes means and what we currently have. When you contribute to your 401k, 
Um, there are actually two different ways in many plans that you can do that. You can tr- contribute traditional dollars or you can contribute Roth dollars. If you contribute traditional dollars, then that's coming out pre-tax, which means that you get to take a deduction on what you're contributing. And because that money has not been taxed, then when you get to retirement, the money will be taxed. If you're putting in Roth money into your 401k, then it's the other way around. You're putting in after-tax money, so we're not going to take the deduction on that. But that means that that money, as well as the growth of those dollars, then you you get to take that out tax-free in retirement. But your employer match, even if you're doing Roth money, your employer match is going to be pre-tax money because they want to be able to take advantage of the deduction. So regardless of what you're doing, whether you're doing traditional or Roth, there is some money in there that is pre-tax, that when you retire, that money is taxable under the current scenario. And I say when you retire, when you withdraw it. And and you're not going to withdraw it all at once, but over time, as you withdraw those assets, then it's going to be taxable. So Joe Biden thinks that there is a disproportional benefit to high-income earners uh, for the current system. So he wants to change the system to a tax credit. And so that has uh, some implications on, on how this this goes. So let's let's take a look at, at maybe a couple of examples. Uh, for instance, let's say that you're making $100,000 and you're single, which means that you're in a 24% tax bracket right now. If you commit to putting away $10,000 a year of money in into your 401k plan or 10% of your pay, uh, you're reaping about a $2,400 tax benefit under the current plan. Now, in comparison, a single filer making about $40,000 and saving 10% of his pay or $4,000 a year into the 401k only reaps about $480 in tax savings. That's because they're in the 12% tax bracket. Now, to equally incentivize savers regardless of what they earn, Biden proposes a credit of approximately 26% to replace the deduction savers get for putting money into a 401k plan according to the tax policy center analysis. So if you go back to the above example, the the high income taxpayer who contributes that $10,000 a year to his plan will get a credit of $2,600. That compares to a deduction of $2,400 under the current framework. So actually the high income earner uh, gets a little bit better credit in that particular example. Now, obviously, if you contribute more than that, that credit is capped, if you will, at that $2,600. So they're getting the most that they possibly can. And then meanwhile, the low income worker would get about $1,040 where he would have had a $480 deduction under the current system. So Janet, the big question though, is whether this credit is actually refundable or not. Yeah, and that that is a significant question to be asked. Let's talk about uh, whether or not uh, people understand the the difference between a deduction and a credit, though, too, because that's something we can pretty easily glaze over. If you get to deduct your contribution, then we always use the example, if you make $50,000 and you contribute $5,000, then you deduct that $5,000, you're taxed as though you earned $45,000 instead of fifty. dollars So you're getting that deduction, where a credit... and we're really not sure how this is going to be calculated at this point, you know, as far as the Biden plan is concerned. But a credit should be subtracting that amount from the taxes that you owe. Yes. So it is a different calculation. Now, if it's refundable or not, it means that if you don't owe any taxes, you don't get any benefit from it. But if you owe taxes, if it, I'm sorry, if it is refundable, then you right. could get a refund of that amount uh, coming to you in a check from the IRS, even if you don't owe any taxes. So if this is if it is refundable, then Biden's plan here would, from a tax standpoint, probably be more beneficial to most people. Would you agree with that, John? Yeah, I would think that that you would you're going to have a large number of people uh, benefit in getting checks from that. It might actually spur some low income people to put money into their into their savings program because right now they don't really see a whole lot of benefit from it uh, in terms of the actual tax that they save. But if you tell somebody you're going to get a check at the end of the year if you put this money in there, then they'll probably do that. So that is that is an area that. I think bears closely watching as as if Biden is elected to see how that legislation actually comes about. Because as we all know, when it comes to Washington, the devil is in the details of yes. the bills and, and how they actually implement this is going to be a big question. 
So, guys, let's go ahead and talk about capital gains a little bit because this is another issue where the candidates are very different. And let's first of all define capital gains. That is the the taxes that you owe based on the appreciation of an asset. And we want to differentiate because this is really about long-term capital gains uh, is the primary focus here. But the difference between long-term and short-term is that long-term capital gains are anything that you've held for a year or longer. Short-term capital gains are less than a year. So, let's talk about where the candidates land on this. Okay, so if you if you take a look at, at the candidates and where they, they come down on this, uh, Trump is famous for wanting to cut capital gain taxes. He cut capital gain taxes in 2017. He'd like to do it again. And so uh, there is, uh, you know, obviously a very big bias to uh, from Trump's standpoint, because he is a businessman. He is saying, you know, I like the idea of incenting people mm-hmm. to grow capital and not take a big chunk of it away from them. And so you've got right now, uh, under the the current Tax and Jobs Acts of of 2017, brackets of 0, 15, or 20%, depending on the taxpayer's income level. In Biden's plan, the taxes on capital gains could almost double to 39.6% for taxpayers earning more than a million dollars a year. And uh, if this candidate wins, clients with appreciated assets may want to consider selling them before year in in order to lock in more favorable capital gain tax rates. And and I'll also say, because, you know, most people are like, well, taxpayers earning more than a million. Who is that in Arkansas? And, and it's not a lot. But we don't have the specifics on this. But on Biden's page, they talk about increasing capital gains taxes for people who are earning 400000 or more. And that does include, frankly, a, a, a more significant number of people than you would think in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely so. And there is a, a big issue on estate taxes as well. And we'll try to get this in uh, before the break, but we'll continue on the other side of the break if, if we need to. But uh, on estate taxes, let's first of all define those, and then we'll talk about the differences in the candidates on the other side of the break. An estate tax is, is levied if you have someone who passes away and they have a sizable estate. Right now, it's about $11.5 million before there is an estate tax that kicks in. There's an exemption below $11.5 million. But if you have an estate over $11.5 million, then you could be subject currently to an estate tax. Joe Biden wants to change that in a big way, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that before we uh, when we get back from the break. Janet, did you have one other thought? Well, this is going to tie in on the next segment with inherited assets very well because as the farmer's daughter, I think about this a lot. There are people who've got a lot of money in dirt, and we need to understand this. Yeah, so we'll be back on that and talk about capital gains and also gift and estate taxes when the Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. We're back with more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money on the Get Ready for the Future show. We're happy to be breaking down details of the presidential candidates' uh, positions on retirement investments and your money on the Get Ready for the Future show today. We were talking a little bit about uh, a number of different things in terms of estate taxes. And one of the things I want you to to stop and, and begin to think about is what makes up your estate? Yeah, It's essentially everything that you own. Uh, and that goes down to to life insurance and and things of that nature. Now, back back before they raised the the exemption to eleven and a half million dollars, there was always a bit of a concern about uh, estate taxes because you would have someone who had maybe a, a nice house, they had some land, uh, they had four hundred one k plans, they had IRAs, and they had life insurance. Right, and it was easy to stack up the net worth of someone and figure out that that net worth was over, let's say, $5 million, which is what the exemption used to be. So they've given them some breathing room on that because it's at $11.5 million. Trump doesn't want to make any changes to the estate tax, but Joe Biden says that he would like to bring it back to the, the norm, if you will, the historical norm, I think, is the phrase that his website uses on this. And what that means is that he would like to bring it back to about $5 million. And so that that would potentially put people who don't think they have an estate tax problem 
into a situation where they need to do some estate planning. Guys, here's my greatest concern on this that is very significant to the state of Arkansas, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more as we get into the inherited assets, but I want you to think about landowners in the state of Arkansas. You have money in dirt, and you don't often think about the value of it, and you don't see yourself as a wealthy person. But if between the value of that land and other assets that you have, including your equipment and including life insurance, if all of that combined gets you north of $5 million, and and I'm telling you there are a lot of you listening to me that don't think of yourselves as millionaires, but in land you are. And when you add in life insurance, that may put you north of that $5 million marker. This is important because the nightmare scenario, and we've seen this happen, the nightmare scenario is if your children inherit that land that their granddaddy told them to never sell, which is exactly what happened in our family. If they inherit that land and granddaddy said, look, there was blood, sweat and tears put into this. Don't you ever let go of it? What if they have to sell some of it to pay the, the estate taxes? That's the concern. You've got to understand where your family lands. And, it, and you may look at this and go, doesn't apply to me. I don't care. But you need to know whether it applies to you. So let's let's talk about what the impact of estate taxes are. The estate taxes can be as much as 55% of the value of the estate. Now, let that sink in for a little bit. Let's say that that you are the beneficiary. Let's say they they lower the estate tax to $5 million. And let's say that you are the sole beneficiary of an estate that's worth $10 million. Well, the tax on that $10 million estate would be somewhere uh, around 55% of that difference. That, that, so $5 that million, five, dollars, yeah, let's just say. Yeah, five yeah. Million, 50, 55% of $5 million. So you got to come up with 55% of $5 million to pay the IRS. That, and if you have an illiquid asset like a business or a, a piece of land or a highly appreciated stock or something of that nature, you could be forced to sell that asset in order to pay the estate tax. Right. That's why it is as high as it is today is that there was a lot of that going on in the past. And they said, look, this doesn't need to happen just to pay estate taxes. We need to bump that up a little bit and and do some planning. Obviously, life insurance is where this uh, they, they find the liquidity to pay estate taxes with, but, but you've got to pay for a life insurance policy under those circumstances as well. And so you've got that issue with estate tax. And I don't want anybody to confuse the estate tax with what we're about to talk about in terms of an inherited asset tax. And this is essentially where, and let me give some background on this for, for your understanding. Let's say that, that I owned a stock and that stock has appreciated from $10 a share to $100 a share. Well, there's $90 a share capital gain in that mm-hmm. stock. Right now, under the current law, I could pass away and give that stock to, let's say, my son, and he could inherit that stock and get what is called a step up in the cost basis to the stock's value on the date of death. So his basis in the in the stock would be a hundred dollars. Let's say that it was worth a hundred dollars when I passed away. Let me let me jump in here because we've defined the gains, but we didn't talk about what your your basis is what you paid for it right. basically. At its most we'll get into that a little bit more, but basically in this example it's ten dollars. So yes. that was your basis and the gains were ninety, but if Sean gets that step up, then he doesn't have to pay taxes under the current scenario on that gain of the other $90. That, that's right. And if he held the stock and it went to $200 a share, he would he would pay the, the gain during his lifetime, but he wouldn't pay the gain during my lifetime. It is a step up in the basis or the, the amount that they figure the tax on that actually rises at the date of death. Joe Biden would like to eliminate that exemption that that goes on there or that step up in the cost basis. Let me be very practical on this one. In the state of Arkansas, the biggest conversation point on this is Walmart. Yes. How many people bought Walmart stock for pennies on the dollar compared to what it's worth now? And they have, we have seen significant six figures in gains on just Walmart stock. 
if if you hold on to that and then your heirs receive it, they get that step up in basis, then nobody ever has to pay the taxes on those gains that you got during your lifetime. If that's eliminated, Troy, then that's a significant difference for the next generation. Right. And then um, as a comparison, so President Trump's plan on this issue of step up in cost basis would be to leave it how it is where you do get that step up in cost basis if you inherit assets. So let's go back to the farmer's daughter scenario again, because land in my lifetime has increased and increased and increased in value. So um, if if there is no step up, and there are some ways to handle this as far as specifically for land with trust planning and, and that type of thing that we addressed in our family. But if you don't get that step up in basis, are you going to have to sell the land in order to pay the taxes if you, if you lose that yeah and so let's let's you let's put some real numbers to this if grandfather bought a stock and paid a thousand dollars for it and throughout his lifetime that stock has appreciated let's say to a hundred thousand dollars in value so there is a huge gain there that does not currently have to be realized if grandfather gives that stock to his grandson but under a different scenario that's being proposed by uh, Joe Biden, should he be elected president, they would remove that exemption. And they would say, okay, when grandson inherits that stock worth $100,000, he has to pay the tax on that gain of $99,000. And that is a capital gain tax. And depending upon uh, you know income level and that type of thing, it could be as much as 39.6% of that appreciated value and that would essentially force that grandchild to sell that stock in order to pay the taxes on it and i think that applies to land that applies to any appreciated asset under this scenario so it is important that you know when you go in to vote that there is economic consequence to this if you are in that in that category if you're not in that category you can say that there is no economic consequence to you but there is an economic consequence in the broader scope of things because if money has to go to pay taxes and that that wealth is eliminated and and that money's not able to turn over in the economy it drains away that resource from the economy as well so speaking of the economy i think that's where we're headed next with the covid19 crisis shaking the uh, united states economy as it has uh, the role of government in the economy has been really front and center once again so when most people think about the economy they think about the s p 500 that's just the most visible aspect of it but there's so much more to it than that if you look at it through a little bit wider lens so really you need to be looking at your economy rather than the economy yeah, and a good example of that is unemployment. You know, everybody is is hurt emotionally as well as economically by unemployment. And let's face it, Troy, uh, if the unemployment rate is, let's say, 7%, if you're unemployed, it's a 100% unemployment rate. Right. right. And, and, and that's a problem. And so, obviously, we were at record low unemployment uh, early on before COVID-19. Then COVID-19 blew that up. And, and we are still struggling with employment numbers right now. And under Biden's plan, he would push for a lot more individual aid in this respect. And that is basically providing unemployment benefits, uh, much like the $600 additional unemployment benefit that was provided early on in the COVID pandemic. And then Trump's plan is focused more on assisting businesses. So the concept is if you help businesses financially during a time like this, then those businesses are able to provide better income for employees. This is like what we dealt with with the PPP, mm-hmm. that type of deal. Um, John, we in this year, in 2020, we've hired seven people here at GenWealth. So yes. even during a crisis, the business being fundamentally sound made a difference to be able to to hire seven other people and impact seven households so when you that's that's the reason trump is thinking this way as a businessman is if you help businesses you ultimately are helping more individuals right those businesses in theory should not have to lay off 
right. people, and then you shouldn't have to worry about increasing the unemployment benefits. Is, right. is the Trump campaign's uh, idea on this. And, and it's a question of whether you're going to work top down to solve the problem or work from the bottom up and, and solve the problem. And so there is, again, a very clear contrast between what Joe Biden would say and what Trump would say if they were in office. One other thing that I want to uh, be sure that we touch on real quickly is the fact that there is uh, a big role going on on the Federal Reserve. The the Fed has introduced a large number of mon- uh, monetary stimulus measures uh, to help get us through COVID. And there are two empty seats on the Federal Reserve Board. And I think that that's just waiting for as much like the Supreme Court issue right. that's up right now. There are two empty seats on the Fed or, on the Fed that uh, one of these folks are going to have to fill. Yeah, so whoever whoever wins the election, they have a role in shaping the Fed and therefore policy moving forward. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't really just understand what the Fed really does, but it is, it is critical to your financial future. Yeah, essentially, they're going to they control the, the money supply in the economy so. right yeah. and short-term interest rates and things of that nature so it does make a, a big difference if the fed makes a move that's going to affect the stock market and that's going to affect your 401k plan and so you have to draw the linkage there to really understand if you have questions about all of this you can give us a call at 501-653-7355 you can connect with a gen wealth advisor to help sort out exactly how a trump uh, re-election or a biden election could affect your retirement your investments and your money Money. We're back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments. More about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready for the Future show is back. We are all about providing some resources for you and never have I ever seen uh, the need for more facts these days than than right now. And I'm getting head nods in the studio from both Janet and Troy on this because there is just uh, let me just be blunt. There is so much crap out there right now that you don't know what to believe. And what we've tried to do on this show today is cut away all of that and give you very straight talk on exactly what the positions of these candidates are, not based on an opinion or not based on a a, uh, a Republican tilt or a Democratic tilt. It is based on absolute fact coming off their website. So we hope we've been able to give you some information that you can use. However, if you are a political junkie or you want to know more or you'd like to see this expanded a bit, Janet, we've got a town hall coming up next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock that we're just going to to really uh, go even deeper on how this could affect you as far as your money is concerned. Yeah, um, and we promise not to be, you know, like the presidential debates that you've seen. We'll actually take turns talking and that type of thing and cover <laughs> the issues. Um, one of this, in all seriousness, let's let's compare this to a presidential debate. One of the challenges is one side says one thing the other side says something and you're like is one of them lying and if so which one or are both of them lying i don't know it's it's very frustrating these days the nature of our debates have changed so much just in my lifetime it's very frustrating to not be able to just get a straight answer on things and so that's what we're going to try to provide to you next tuesday evening is let's pick a topic and let's give a straight answer and talk about where where things things land on this and what the impact is on your money. I, I, I have a vision of how the presidential debate tomorrow night is going to go. <laughs> Show us what it looks like. Yeah, to people just listening on radio, his mouth is moving, but you can't hear anything. It's like we've implemented a mute button. Yes, hmm. and they're implementing yeah. a mute button. It's going to be interesting to see if we get any information out of the uh, debate because there's likely to be uh, a lot of muting going yes. on, uh, probably on both sides, but definitely on the side of Trump because he, he loves to talk over folks. <laughs> that button might be worn out by the end of the night. That's right. That's <laughs> Could right. very well be. Okay, so we... we are are working through all of this stuff on the election because number one it's very important to you it is not let me just say this it is not about personality and it's certainly not about age it is about the facts and the positions of these candidates and it is very hard even though we are saturated with media in this day and time 
it is very, very hard to get a straight answer on something. Yeah. So what we're trying to do through this show and through our town hall on uh, on Tuesday night uh, is essentially just give you the straight facts. By the way, that town hall is on Facebook and on YouTube. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash GenWealth, and you can actually watch it live. There's no registration that's necessary uh, or anything of that nature. Or if you are a YouTube person, you can just go to YouTube. YouTube, search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and we will be live on that. That is Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Uh, Scott Inman, Janet, and myself will be there uh, to go through this, and we'll be uh, taking your questions on Facebook and and try to keep things as civil as possible. And I promise not to mute Janet's mic during that time. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan to me. No well, Janet, Janet, you know we we just approach this because knowledge is power, and right. uh, the question I think we need to ask today is. Did did you know some of this stuff about either candidate? I can tell you I'm a, I'm a pretty good uh, devourer of news. Uh, I watch a lot of news and, and read a lot. Uh, but I will tell you that I don't know that any of this information has actually come to light in any of the broadcasts because they're way too busy talking about, you know, Hunter Biden did this or Donald Trump's going to do this or whatever the case may be and not really get down to the facts. Yeah, if you're if you're watching live right now, then tomorrow we've got the final debate like we yeah. were just talking about. Um, if you're listening on the radio on Saturday, then we've already passed that time, obviously. But you know, I'm, I'm hoping that tomorrow some of these issues that we've talked about will will come up and maybe we can get some straightforward answers from both sides. Another question I would have you ask yourself is if you have changed your mind about anything at this point as a result of having more knowledge. And if you have, that's great. And if you haven't, that's great. I think the point is it goes back to what John said a moment ago, that knowledge is power. You have to know that the decision you're making is in alignment with what you really believe. And if you don't know what they believe and what they are proposing, if you just know, I don't like his hair or I don't like his attitude or whatever the thing may be, that's, that is not the way to run the country. So if you're unhappy, vote. If you're happy, vote because it has an impact on your future, but don't vote without educating yourself. Well, clearly, guys, we are going to be dealing with the aftermath of this in our meeting rooms with our clients on a regular basis. And I think that that highlights the value of the process that we've put together here at GenWealth. We call it the GenWealth Ready to Retire process because it involves a relationship with a trusted advisor that you can sit down with and actually a team of trusted advisors that you can sit down with and go, okay, now what? Now what happens now that we have all of that, uh, you know, noise and hype and falderall out of the way, now what? And I think that's the real value that we can provide in an environment like this here at GenWealth is involving people in the ready to retire process, building that relationship with a trusted advisor so they have someone to go to, to that that sorts some of this out because you're certainly not going to get the sorting out of it uh, through the media or on you know cable TV or anything of that nature because it's really very personal to you. How does this affect you? And Janet, I think that's the one thing that we will see a lot of people coming in after the election to talk about. Troy, let's talk about what does this process look like? So if somebody's out there listening and they go, man, y'all talked about stuff I hadn't ever thought about today, but it might be relative to me. So I need to understand more about how this matters to me. What does that look like? Yeah. So our, our first appointment, what we call our initial appointment, you can come into the office, sit down with an advisor. Uh, If you still have concerns over coronavirus, we're happy to do virtual meetings um, Mm -hmm. through, you know, like Zoom or, or things Something like that. Something equivalent to it, yeah. Um, that first appointment is free, and it's really a get-to-know-you appointment, get to learn about your situation and, and see what you need and how we can help you get to where you're wanting to go. Uh, from there, we go to our planning process, and then you know a couple weeks later, get back together mm-hmm. and, and go over with you everything that we've put together for you. And it's very personalized for your situation. And I'll tell you, at the end of that first appointment, and as Troy said, the first one is complimentary. At the end of that first appointment, you're going to know if you want to proceed with putting together a plan or not. And if you do, then we'll do that, and we'll we'll do a financial planning agreement. There is a cost for that if you decide to move forward, because there's a there's a cost for our time, just like you want to get paid for your 
your work, we do as well. But that first meeting is at no cost. So you get to kind of come in and kick the tires without having to worry about, you know, how much is this going to be? And then we are 100% transparent with you to say, okay, if we work together, then based on the amount of work that, you know, we're going to need to do, here's what this is going to cost. We'll be 100% transparent with you to help you understand that moving forward. And then ongoing, you know, if you decide to work with us and to implement the plan with us, we are a till death do us part relationship. You know, it's not going to be necessarily with me till death do us part because at some point I'm going to retire. At some point I'm going to pass away. But we work here in teams so that if something happens to one of your advisors, you have another advisor to continue that relationship. You have a plan that we will implement from the beginning, but we'll update it over the years because your life is going to change as well. So wherever you are, if you're maybe just getting started out, we can help you do that. If you're at the precipice of retirement or maybe already in retirement and you have concerns about your retirement income, that is our area of expertise. All you need to do is give us a call, 501-653-7355 with offices in six locations. We can connect you with an advisor in your area. Janet, Barack Obama famously said, elections have consequences, and we will be dealing with these consequences long after this election is gone and long after, you know, all of the the hype, if you will, is over. And so I think the relationship with a trusted advisor to help you work through the consequences of of just about anything that a president or Congress or whatever can do, I think that is critical in your toolkit of building your financial future. It's critical that you have that relationship so you know which way to pivot once all the smoke has cleared. And so hopefully you'll give us a call at 501-653-7355. We'll have an opportunity to sit down and visit with you about the consequences of this election or anything else that may come along down the path. All right, let's. Uh, we've heard the final thoughts there uh, are the bill for the final thoughts. So, Janet, let me go ahead and uh, ask your final thoughts. I, I would say just remember that um, no candidate is perfect. I, I think we get very frustrated with I don't like him and I don't like him either. And so people will go, I'm not going to vote or I don't like this issue, so I'm, I'm not going to vote. Here's the reality. Look at any leader biblically. If you want to look at King David, if you want to look at Moses, we could delineate a list of their sins if you want to, and they're pretty major the way we measure those things, okay? The point is nobody's perfect. None of these issues are perfect, but we have a decision before us, and it is important for you to make that that decision to the best of your knowledge. So your job is to go and understand what it is you're voting on and then to be responsible and go vote. Troy Johnson, final thoughts? Yeah, so I'd say, you know, education is extremely important. So I just encourage all of our listeners and clients to to do their research and then also factor in, um, you know, what seems to be most important to us is how right. is this going to pertain to uh, your finances and, and your retirement? A financial plan on paper, on purpose, is designed specifically for your goals, And when things are foggy, like they obviously are right now about what's right and what's wrong and all of that type of thing, a financial plan can keep you on course. I call it your base. You can always go back to base and figure out where you are and what you need to do now. And you do that with a written financial plan and a trusted advisor to help you get down the road. Give us a call at 501-653-7355. As Janet mentioned, offices across the state of Arkansas and in Northwest Louisiana, we are here to help you build your financial future. For the entire Gen Wealth team, Janet Walker and Troy Johnson, I'm John Shrewsbury. Have a great weekend and we will see you next week. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 